Guys, these days in which we're living in are awesome days. They're awesome days. And even now, I would just ask you, in your own spiritual maturity, to lock in. What God has been saying this morning isn't over. Yes, it's not over. We're laying hold of him and he's laying hold of us. Last week, we used the term in the prophetic word that we brought to the houses and some said it thundered. What will you hear this morning? Will you hear a noise or are you going to hear the voice of God? But I pray this morning you set your hearts to the frequency of heaven. Amen. I'm going to take the first five minutes just maybe to refresh where we've been and then we're going to hit it hard. And because of timing and where we are, we're not going to hit it hard, we're going to hit it fast. So I'm going to tell you, you will need the CD. There are things I will quote, you won't even have time to turn to. But I say this morning, and I, everything, the unction of the Holy Ghost, set your heart to the frequency. So you ready? Okay, let's go. In John 16, verses 23 to 27, it says this. And in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, verily, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you love me. And I've believed that I have come from God. Until now, we have not asked for anything in his name. Ask and you will receive. In that day, in that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask on your behalf, but because the Father loves you, you can go to him directly. The Father loves you like he loved me. In that day, until now, we've not asked. We've played around the edges. We've danced around the, the fire a little bit. But until now, we've not even learned how to tap into 10% of what God's got in store for us. Until now. If we remember Percy Panda, are we all there, Percy Panda? Do we have to explain Percy Panda again? We already have established that when I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal saviour, Jesus makes his home and dwelling in me. Where Jesus is, the Father makes his home also. Correct? Yes? We don't need to go back over it and turn to all the verses. It also says when I accept Jesus Christ that I am given the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. In me dwells the Godhead fully in bodily form. He lives in me and I live in him. We also said because of that, we now sit in a new position. Our position is found here in the heavenly realms because I am seated with Christ. Where the head is, the body must be also. We broke the myth, we killed the sacred cow, we give it a good kick and we said we're not continually trying to get to where he is, but that's our starting position. Is that good? So this morning, we've already heard, haven't we, that there are people, that it's a righteous people, the spirits of righteous, uh, righteous men made holy, that we're ascending to Zion, that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that there is a voice that cries out. All of these messages declare what we have said. Until now, we have not stepped in to where we're supposed to be. 
The very grandstands of heaven is shouting and declaring, get into a line, get into a line. And as we get into a line, we move forward. I had a wonderful picture just in the worship. And Tony was talking about when we're coming to Zion and we're pressing into Zion and we're going up that mountain. I saw what was looked like over the, um, over the horizon. There was one or two people came over the horizon. Then suddenly there was multitudes and multitudes of people. And God started to declare, there is a generation that's rising. And it was the whole thing about, we've used the scripture, who who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And God said, the generation's here. It's rising and it's climbing the mountain. There is a generation that's climbing. Oh my God. But so we realize right now in Jesus' name, we know that until now we have not asked but we can ask. And you can go because the Father loves you, right? That's dealt with. He loves you, so you can ask. Then we turn around and said, right, everything dwells in me. You have been given everything you need for life and godliness. The only thing is we've not tapped into it yet, correct? And because we're already seated with him here, our position has changed. So now we're ready to go? Now we can start. Oh, my God. Hoo-hoo. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 4. This is our springboard, and this is where we want to really push from this morning. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents, Jesus said, but this has happened so the works of God might be displayed. As long as it is today, are you ready? We must do the works of him who sent me. We must do the works of him who sent me. It's underlined. There is no more excuse. The works of Jesus Christ started 2,000 years ago and continue today. You and I are the ones who are called to do the work. All the time we're taught and we're believing and we're hopeful that God's going to turn up. Oh God, will you heal the sick? Oh God, will you save that life? Oh God, will you press into this situation? You are the one who's called to do the work. You are the one who's called to lay hands on the sick. You are the one who's called to go and do. You are the one who's called to be the voice. Stop waiting for God to be the voice. You're the voice. You're the hands. You know, if you see in this one small testimony, it explodes onto the scene. This is the one that we all love to quote. Remember, this is a guy, he's untaught, he's unlearned, he's not been primed. He walks into the temple and what is his declaration? What is his testimony? All I know is that once I was blind, but now I can see. The domino effect takes place. It's amazing because if you read the rest of the story, you see how his own parents disown him. His parents turn around and have that great get-out clause that says, he's a man now, he's old enough, he can speak for himself. Is this your son who was blind? Don't ask us. We're only his parents. Let him speak because we believe you're going to put us out of the synagogue. Once I was blind, but now I can see. How many of us, if we're honest, were moved by the testimony that Andy shared a few weeks ago about when he in the sauna and he turned around and he starts the guy starts telling him about the cancer and Andy says right I believe that my God can heal you and he reached out and says can I pray for you and the guy said yeah how many of us if we're honest went oh that, wouldn't it be good to do that oh good on Andy Andy's different than me he's really outgoing he wears flowery pants <laughs> there's always a reason why we think it's somebody else and not me yeah 
It's always a reason. But that testimony is a testimony that breaks through the great domino effect. Who knows that the man at that moment in time might not have been healed. But he goes away and he says to his wife, his partner, his friends at work, do you know what? I was sat in a sauna this morning. This really weird guy in flowery pants turned around. Why is wearing flowery pants in a sauna? I haven't a clue. But he turns around and he says, I believe that God can heal you. Who knows where the domino effect carries on? How many lives can be transformed by that one action? The man might be healed or not healed, but it's a fact. We are called to do the works of him who sent me. All of the time we move through, we carry a kingdom mandate. We have our marching orders. We're called into a position with unhindered sight. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, speak in new tongues, bring liberty to captives and prisoners, bring heaven down and push the enemy back. Pharaoh is but a noise. He missed his opportunity. He missed his opportunity, but we must do the works of him who called me. Take responsibility. Take it into the heart that says, my God, this is it. It's a time for action. The spirits of righteous men made perfect. You know, even this morning, those people at the altar, what does it say in Hebrews? It says that there is a blood that still speaks. The blood still speaks. The blood of Cain cried out. Uh, the blood Cain killed Abel. Yeah, the blood of Abel cries out from the ground and it says revenge. But the blood of Jesus Christ shouts mercy. Forgive them, Lord. So this morning, as those people step in, it's like, my God, my blood, blood cleanses you again. I am clean. I put on a new robe. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I can stand. Why? Because they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What is your testimony? Once I was blind, but now I can see. It's not just about, I did 10 months in authentic and I'm a disciple of the king and I'm pushing through. What is your testimony from day one? I know I was here and now I'm here. I don't know anything else, but come, I can show you a man who can tell you more. We bring people into that place. We need to take action. The action moving forward is the Holy Ghost is the great game changer. It's amazing, you see things, even when we've been talking this morning, how things come in threes. Pastor Tony talked about how the young generation was rising, but it's generational. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was the scripture that Paul read? He said, and Gideon, and he had the fire, the pot, and the trumpet. It's in threes, yes? We see threes as God starts to move and God starts to touch. But this is brilliant. And what's brilliant is this, if we can grab these threes in place and see something because of our position, understanding our position and what God's opening up for us, everything changes. The position of the Father is to give us permission and validation. The Father brings permission and validation. The Son gives us the right to become. And as to as many as receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. The Father, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He is the one, validates. He is the one who gives permission. But it's the Holy Spirit who gives you the power to do. The Holy Ghost is the power to do. But we want to take and choose, pick and choose, like at one of those banquets. Well, I have a bit more of the Father this week. I like the love of Jesus. I like the little Jesus, the one in the manger. We never get to the Christ, the one who demands everything, that lay down your cross and follow me. We want to pick and choose as things are. 
The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra like buying a car. He's not an optional extra that turns around and says, and you can have Jesus with leather seats. Please, I don't mean to be flippant as I say that. He is not a tagged on, added extra. He's everything that makes this work. The Holy Ghost is what is going to transform and change your life. When Jesus Christ turns around and says, unless I go, the comforter cannot come. Jesus has to be removed out of the way so the gift of God can come. He says in Acts chapter 1, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, the promise of the Father. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the same chapter, it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's not an optional extra. It's been something that we've dabbled around. It's maybe for the weird ones. It's maybe for those who are a bit more flamboyant. It's maybe for those who are a bit braver than everybody else. The Holy Ghost is the big difference and it's the game changer in our life. If we're going to be a generation, if we're going to be a people that will rise to go and do, you cannot do it without the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one that's going to change everything. You know, back in the day, when people were talking about being baptized, being filled or immersed in the Holy Spirit, we stuck at the power of speaking in tongues, the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so when we spoke in tongues, that was it. We felt we were it. We were the bee's knees. We've got it all. We've got it nailed. How much we missed it. Speaking in tongues is only the first initial evidence that the Holy Ghost is around. It is the springboard to everything else, and it is the gateway to heaven. But I used it for me. I used it to show off. I used it when Pastor Tony said, okay, let's just sing in the spirit if you can. You know, you kick off, and you all disappear the way that you want to. And it was all about me, but it's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. Scripture declares this in Isaiah 8 and verse 18. Behold, I and the children who the Lord has given me are made for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. We are made for signs and wonders. You are made for signs and wonders in Zion. Oh, well, thank you for that underwhelming response. We are called to do the works of him who called me. And without the Holy Ghost, you're still going to be sat on your chair looking and saying, I'm glad that Andy spoke to somebody in the sauna. Do you know what? Being in the Holy Spirit, it should be the thing that's the most natural thing to us. You know, it's the crazy thing. You know when you have stories and things just kind of move and it's all natural? I love story too. Andy's story too. He went for a brew with Shirley in Dunelm. So he goes into Dunelm for a brew because I think he told me a slice of cake and a brew and something else is only three quid. So he goes in and there's an incident. Let's just put it that way. And there's a lady collapsed on the stairs and they're getting the first aiders and they've got it all. And everybody's all crowding around because where there's a scene, somebody's got to get the phone out, haven't they? Look at this, Mary upside down showing her drawers on the stairs in Dunelm. It's like that. There's always an issue, isn't there? Thinks nothing of it, walks through, goes to get his brew, gets in the queue. Holy Ghost, what are you doing? Can't declare what you've declared and miss an opportunity. Excuse me, Shill, will you just hold my place in the queue? 
walks back into the crowd. Excuse me, coming through, midwife, here, hang on. Excuse me, do you mind if I pray for you? Now, it's not like pass her a note between you. Excuse me, can I pray for you? The crowd's here. No, I don't have a problem. In Jesus' name, just praise. Thank you, good night, I'm here every Wednesday. Goes back and just joins the queue. It's as natural as being in, as a piece of cake. Thank you. Thank you for the prompt. Life in the Holy Spirit is so natural. But we have made it so unusual that we push it away. We have made it for everybody else. We have made it that it can't be me. But in that thing of the Holy Spirit, when he empowers us, he empowers us, he brings us boldness, he gives us security, he gives us comfort, he gives us confidence, he gives us assurance, he gives us validation, he gives us vindication, he gives us verification with proofs and convincing signs. All of that is part of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, I've got to move out of the way to make room for him. It's all three working together so that lives can be transformed. If you and I are ever going to represent Christ, we're going to be the ambassadors and disciples we, we desire to be. You cannot do it without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the great game changer. <clears throat> we're filled not for self-indulgence, but for the bigger picture. It's not about you. What are the benefits to me? That when I speak in tongues, I edify myself. So there's the edification that takes place. I can expand my spirit. Things begin to grow. I start to hear clearer. I start to hear quicker. I start to walk in a different way. But it's for a bigger picture. It's always for a bigger picture. You know, when we see the disciples in the book of Acts, when they're in the upper room, they were one people in one place at one time with one heart and one mind. And you know, when that happens, something breaks out. You know, there's only one time in Scripture where you see that taking place outside of the book of Acts. And that's Genesis 11, verse 6. It declared this. And the Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, nothing will be impossible for them. So if that is people in the natural, without God, coming together to have one heart, one mind, one language, one voice, in one place, nothing is impossible. What more for you and I? What more for you and I? Why? Because we are called to do the works of him who sent me. In the upper room, something took place. And it's great, we can read it. And tongues as a fire and the wind blew, as Pastor Tony said, we were praying this morning that we would have a Holy Ghost encounter where things start to break out. But say, my God, on a daily basis, we've got that opportunity. Every time the church meets together, there's the opportunity for that God encounter, for the fire to fall, for the wind to blow, for lives to be transformed, that you and I go out differently. They go out and they carried the message of the king. These are people that were so simple, the chapter before when Jesus had to explain going on, that when Peter went out, one our hearts stirred with inside of us and 3,000 men call upon the name of the Lord that day when one man stood, one man stood with the backing of the, of the rest of the disciples and said, this is it for we speak as one voice. 
We say and we have declared that we are the dream center because we carry and we declare the dream of the king. Are we sharing and are we declaring the dream of the king? When we leave this place, do we declare the dream of the king? Are we already saying that when we come to a Sunday, when we come to authentic, when we come to a breakthrough night, we already know they're sick and they need God. Their life is in a mess and they need God. That my life turned around and I won't be so selfish that I'll keep it to myself, but I'll reach out and I'll tell them. But they might say, no, Phil. They might say, you're a Burke, Phil. They might say, do one, Phil. So what? So what? You know, all the times we have the but-ifs. But what if they reject me? What if they don't like me? What if they stop taking me calls? Shoe on the other foot. What if they get healed? What if they get saved? What if they have a breakthrough? What if their kids get made whole? What if life is turned around? Where do you want the pendulum to swing? I might not, or God might. Whose report are we choosing to believe? Because I have to move to the camp that God will if I believe that I am called to do the works of him who sent me. Do you think he wants to line us all up and make us all look stupid? Oh, well, this is it. Shirley's had a big day. She's been giddy in church this week. Let's just call that fall on the face. All of heaven is rejoicing when we hearken our here, we comfort our lives and say, my God, this is what we need. This is your desire. This is your heart. We move towards it. We saw last week about the power of the cross, that when we bring the cross into alignment in our lives, things change. So when the cross does its work in our life and we move towards the Holy Ghost, don't you think that heaven is rejoicing? All of the time he's waiting for you and I to come to position. You know, the scripture says, doesn't it, that um, the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. The problem is never them. The problem's us. We are called to do the work of him who sent me. And it didn't stop at Acts chapter 1 or at the end of the book of Revelation. It continued. The baton was passed from generation to generation. We're not going to be the ones who finish the race. We're the ones who say, my God, we press it on again. Why? Because we've had our marching orders. Go you into all the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. And my people will speak in new tongues. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of that is by the power of the Holy Ghost. It reveals the heart of the Father. It reveals the heart of Christ. It shows us scripture. It leads us into all truth. He is the one who empowers. He is the one who gives us the revelation. He is the one who gives us the anointing that breaks the yoke. All of it is about him. We've made him it. He is the thing, it's the spooky bit, it's the weird bit of God. It's not, it's as natural as night and day. As we walk into the light, we walk with him. It's not an optional extra. What's stopping us? You know, we said the Holy Spirit is the great activator. I did that scary thing of looking into the dictionary of what activator or activation means. Very simple. To make active. Well, there's one. But here's the best bit. To cause to function. The Holy Spirit in you and me aligns my accepted and validated by God, being given permission, that the power to become is given by the Son, But now the power to function is given by the Holy Ghost. We want to do without him. 
We cannot miss him out. So who's it for? Like we were just saying. In Acts 2, verse 38 and 39, declares this. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. There's that three again. For all who the Lord our God will call. Are we the called of the Lord this morning? Then it's for you. If we are the called of the Lord, it is for us. Well, I don't want it. And I might be scared of it. And what if I get a bit weird? And what if I have a shaky leg? Or what if he tells me to do something in Asda and I'm too busy trying to get into the budget aisle? It doesn't make any difference. Where are we going to place our value? If we are to do, you cannot do it without him. Three baptisms. Baptism of repentance, baptism of water, and baptism in the Holy Ghost. Don't want to get caught on a rabbit trail. 30, 60, and 100 fold. To see the kingdom, to enter the kingdom, to inherit the kingdom. There are each aspect and there are choices that you and I make. We are called in the command, be baptized, every one of you. But it might be 10 years before you choose to obey. It might be that I choose to say, I've received the word and the seed fell on uh, ground. Some yielded 30, 60, and 100. I see the kingdom and I accept Jesus Christ, but I never take it any further. So I never enter or inherit. I'm still saved. I'm still going to heaven, but that's where I stopped. I received the Holy Ghost and I said, I once said Kalagasita, I'll have a shandy. But that's where I stopped. We are called to do the work of him who sent me. We have everything in heaven's arsenal and backing to come behind you and put its full strength so that we can achieve what God wants us to achieve. Nothing is impossible to a group of people of one heart, one mind, one spirit in one place. Declaring a dream of the king, God has to break out. God has to break out. Not might, could. It's the full situation of just read the scriptures. That where Christ is, things have to happen. Lives are transformed. Lives are made whole. Sickness is dealt with. That the enemy is pushed back. We read the scripture this morning from Colossians that they overcame by, by the, uh, the testimony that the cross uh, triumphed, triumphed over him by the cross this morning. The enemy has been defeated. But we sit in a defeated position waiting for God to do something. He sat on his throne waiting for you to get off yours. We must do the works that he called me to do. We have to take ownership. There are simple principles. The principles of activation. The activation of this is exactly the same as you accepting Jesus Christ as your own personal savior. The principles work this way. I hear and I understand biblical truth. The scripture says in Romans 10 and verse 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the rhema word that when God starts to speak the word, something resonates inside you. Inside the very core of what you are, something says, yes, God, you're speaking to me. 
And even this morning, are we saying, my God, in everything, that heaven must and Zion must have a voice in all that we're saying and doing? Are we saying, my God, that is resonating? Something resonates inside of me that says, my God, this is a missing part. I've got to bring it online. John 8, verse 32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So when I've received that in my heart, I understand that God's heart is towards me. Then I start to believe and I say, yes, it's for me. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible to him who believes. Oh, well, it can't be me. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a lady. Why to me? Because I once had a Veruca. Why to me? Because I didn't forgive me dad. Why to me? There's always a reason why I want to disqualify myself. When the word comes to me and the word is near to you, and I start to believe, say, my God, you're speaking to me today. All things are possible. That means all excuses are broken. Why? Because he's brought us through the cross to carry life. Why? Because he's trying to equip, trying to train, trying to build into our lives. We've come through the cross. We've accepted the power of the cross. What for? That we carried the light of the world. And then I start to speak. It is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So we hear the truth. My God, your heart is towards me. I believe that God, you're speaking to me. Then my voice starts to cry out. My God, why not me? What was the blind man? What did he cry? Son of David, have mercy on me. Don't pass me by. Is something stirring in our hearts this morning that says, my God, I can't miss this opportunity of touching heaven. I can't, I won't allow this opportunity to pass me by this morning. But my God, I've got to lay hold of you. Lord God, you've given me everything. You've given me the validation. You've given me the word that causes me to become. Now, Lord God, you want to equip me so I can do. The frustration so often is feeling that there's nothing here to give. There's nothing to transfer. I can't speak to you because I don't know what to say. I can't pray for you because there's no anointing. I can't do this because there's nothing there. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You are filled to hear. How many more times can you be taught? Can you be trained? Can you be equipped and still feel like you've not got the goods? A people changed when a man said, once I was blind, but now I can see. It starts with a domino effect. And as we've said, if you can't do it, get people here, bring them through the doors and say, let us have an encounter where you can touch the heart of God. If you can't be the gate, be the gatekeeper who brings someone else. Lives need and must change. So when the final stage is what? Now do. It was Nike, wasn't it, with their greatest ever advertising campaign? Just do it. Yeah, but um, my husband might like it. Just do it. But I don't understand enough of the word. Just do it. Well, I've only been saved two months. Just do it. Well, isn't it a choice? Isn't it for, well, I've got the right to pick it up or, or put it down. Just do it. All of, the st all of the time we're looking and God is looking that you step into alignment with his word for you. You know, God is for you and not against you. Yes? God's heart is to say, I'm pouring out life you're turning up with a sieve. Every week it passes by. You're there. You're trying to hold and contain stuff that's got holes in it. God says, I'm looking that out of you will flow streams and rivers of living water. Oh, spring up, oh well. All of that cry 
that when that spirit is active in your life, you step into that environment of worship. For we worship in spirit and in truth. As you step in, oof, something starts to flow. It's not grating on you going, oh, we've sang that song for half an hour. Shut up. The spirit is working on the inside. We start to get that rhythm this morning. Zion must have a voice. Zion must have a voice. And as that starts to declare and starts to be pressed through, now get hold of this, because a man was willing to be like a dog with a bone, was the phrase which was used, and say, we will not let go. My God, your presence is here. Lives need to be touched. It started with a one, and then it became a two. And then more people, when they were looking, thinking, I'm not on my own. I'm still in a safe place, but I'm not on my own. And they stepped through, and they came to the altar. It's pressing through. Why? Zion must have a voice. The spirit must have his way. Lives must be aligned. Lives must be corrected. Lives must be brought in. Why? So that you and I have the power to do. In James 2 and verse 17, it says this. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. We are a people who have declared for so long that we are a people of faith, but have no works. If we have no works, shut the door. Faith must have action. We must do the works of him who sent me. We're aligned into him again, and the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ's greatest gift to the church, is poured out and made manifest for you and I. It made available today. It's available for you and me to see our situations, see our lives, see our circumstances turned around. Learning to walk with him, learning to fellowship with him, learning to be obedient to him. As he whispers, it's almost you feel the very breath of God on your face as he draws closer and closer to you and I. That when I start to pray, the scripture tells us that the Holy Ghost helps us in our inability to produce results. When I haven't got the words, the Holy Ghost steps in. This is what he's trying to say. When I'm flipping over words and I'm, I don't, don't know and I'm, I'm huffing and puffing, the Holy Ghost says, stand back, Phil. God, this is what he's saying. This is what's in his heart. And he reveals his heart to me. But in all of this, the Holy Ghost, he's not only the power to do, but it's revealing the Christ. It's revealing the power of the cross. It's revealing Zion. It's bringing us into revelation. It's revealing the heart of the Father. It's showing you the biblical patterns. It's showing the nature and character of God. It's showing you how everything's been brought through. He shows you the journey from beginning to end. He's the one who takes hold of you. He's going to be your friend. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be the empower. He's going to be the equipper. He's going to be the one that changes our lives. And we say, I'm sorry, Phil, it's option two. I choose. Please. It is not a choice. You want a life that's going to be turned around and transformed. It comes in a package of three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That power of the Holy Ghost is not for me. It's for the bigger picture. That you and I will do the works of him who sent me. That unction has to be inside of us. <clears throat> Ephesians declares this. The scripture when it's written, and when it's written properly, it says, Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. It is a continual process where I continue fellowship with him. I walk with him. And every day I say, my God, just fill me afresh. Cause that river to explode again. Cause my well to burst forth. And I am not settling for Kalagasita, Alavashandi. 
If you and I don't move, who brings the word of life? Who's going to carry the healing? He's the healer, but we're the hands. But where does the gift of faith come from? The Holy Ghost. Where does provision come from? The Holy Ghost. Where does faith come from? The Holy Ghost. All of the things are catalysts in my relationship with him. And I wonder why I underperform and underproduce. When we've settled for faithfulness rather than fruitfulness. The fruitfulness of saying, my God, I am an ambassador of the king. And if you meet me, you've met him. Oh. Oh. I don't know about you, but I'm handing my badge back. I'm handing back my ambassador badge. You know, there's a wonderful scripture from Acts that declares this. It takes hold of the disciples and says, These are the men who turned the world upside down, and they will do it here also. When you and I turn up, do they go, This is Chris who can mess with your head and turn your environment around? Or is it just Chris? How many sugars, Chris? When you and I are connected to the Holy Ghost, anything can change. The issue is, do you want it to change? I want to carry the heart of the king. I want to carry the desires of the king. I'll tell you something, and on this we'll move on. I have started more and more when I go into an environment, a business meeting, etc., just to say, I am not doing business. Father, what is on your heart when I speak to this guy? And as I've started to connect at a different level, one day, and one day soon, there will be a story. But not today. So whether it's sat in the sauna and you're having a conversation, whether it's Pastor Tony in the sandwich shop talking to the girl, whether it's a situation where the heating engineer turns up and you've said one thing and you're having a drama and making your own play here for the Christmas production and we're all having a role play of things going on, whether it's getting a brew in Dunelm, are we going to give the Holy Ghost the room that he needs? If we give him the room that he needs, there will not be time on Sunday morning for the testimonies that's going to come through this house. We'll have to cherry pick. Let's set the best 10. Oh, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Because you and I moving and walking in the Holy Ghost will be a daily occurrence. I was in Tesco's and I did this. I talked to my neighbor and this happened. We prayed for them and they walked. We prayed for, it's not about the special person. But it is about the special person. Do you know who the special person is? You. No, you. If he leaves his throne and he's willing to lay his life down and die on a cross for you and I, then I think you're a special person. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. But it all comes down to realizing and understanding I'm given permission and validation by the Father 
The Son empowers me and gives me the right to become. And the Holy Spirit gives me the power to do. Let's just stand to our feet, please. There is so much more I could say, but I'm more focused on where we finish. I believe the Holy Ghost will fill in the gaps. So just now, church, come on, let's just start to raise our holy hands. Let's activate. We said we're going to stay strong. We're going to lock in. We're locking right now. We just say, my God, Father, we pray right now. Come on, guys, let's just start to activate your spirit. Don't start in the spirit and finish in the flesh. We say, my God, Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the Father. We thank you for the Son, the the sacrifice that he made. Oh, my God, Father, we pray. We've heard this morning the decree, uh, decree and the cry from heaven. Zion must have a voice. Zion must have a voice. The church must come into its position. That, Lord God, Father, you have declared that we must do the works of him who sent you. And I pray this morning, Lord God, Father, you're going to empower, you're going to equip, and bring us to the place, Lord God, where we will be doers and not just hearers. That, Lord God, we will not just be a people who say we have faith, but we have works. Oh, Father God, we have lived too long in dead works and dead faith. But I pray right now in Jesus' name, as you move us and activate us by the Holy Ghost, we pray, Lord God, Father, that Zion will have a voice. Oh, my God, Father, we pray, Lord God, already for those spiritual domino effects of those that have shared faith, those that have reached out and prayed, those who have touched other lives. My God, I pray, let it go full circle. Let it come all around. That the news will come back through this door. That a man once prayed for me. We didn't even know his name. But this was the outcome. That his family got saved. That they came into a life. That things changed. Why? Because you and I began to do the work of him who sent me. Oh my God, Father, but we pray right now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We can't do it without the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh my God, Father.